Have you noticed how much things have changed since you became a mum? Do you feel as though you're the only one struggling to adjust to this new norm? Can you no longer see clearly the things that felt so transparent before? Well friend, you are not alone, and we are here to invite you into our mummy village so that you always have somewhere to turn and a place where you belong. Together, we will try and bring to light the common struggles of the modern Orthodox mama and delve into scripture in the hope of navigating through all of our doubts on this new and exciting journey. So come as you are and open your heart and mind to embrace the transformation God has in store for you. Okay, hello everybody and welcome back after quite a long hiatus to the Mommy podcast. Um, it's I'm I'm Marina and Marette's joining me as per usual today. Hi. Um, and we're very excited to have you back um, to join us again. Uh, there's a lot that's changed for us in our <laughs> lives in the past few months, um, but that's definitely fueled the fire to come back and start talking again <laughs> and debriefing again. Um, so welcome. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about body image today and self-image and finding ourselves um, or seeing ourselves, I should say, as Christ sees us, um, which I think we both feel fairly passionately yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I guess that whole, you know, um, our body image, it goes through waves, different phases, Um but I feel like as women, we're always in the mindset that this is never good enough. This is never what I want to look like. And then you turn 30 and you look back and you're like, actually, that was great. I wish I looked like that again. <laughs> then you have your first and your second kid and you're like, oh, like, I wish I was like when I was 30. And it's just you're always comparing to, you know, obviously each other, but we compare to our old previous um selves I guess and the way we looked but it, I feel like it takes up such massive space in our hearts and minds especially as women um and I feel like I don't know tell me your experience too Marina but I feel becoming a mum heightened that even more and I felt like the expectations and the standards became higher if that makes sense. Yeah, I think there's definitely, it's almost like before you have a kid, you are the way you are and that's just your body. But then after you have a kid, it's like, for me anyway, it felt like everybody's watching to see what would happen. Like, are you going to bounce back in inverted commas? Um, are you one of the few, uh, I say few, but I shouldn't really put a number on it, but one of the people who actually um it becomes a lot fitter after having um, a baby and it feels like there's just all this like focus on how do you look have you lost your baby weight or oh, you look amazing you only had a baby three weeks ago and it's just constant yeah. um actually like even throughout pregnancy I feel like it's from the moment you fall pregnant people be like oh you don't look pregnant or you look pregnant or you look like having twins or you don't even look like you're having one baby and yeah it's just it's yeah I agree I think it's definitely from the moment of conception onwards um it's just a whole different kettle of fish yeah it doesn't help that you're already hormonal <laughs> <laughs> and bloated and 
you already feel kind of nervous and guilty about everything, yeah. no matter what people tell you, whether it's you're too small or you're yeah. massive, it's never going to end well. <laughs> no, no, not even a little bit. And it can't end well because, well, anyway, I guess that's part of what we're going to talk about, but you're not meant to, like your body's meant to change mm-hmm. and that should not be up for discussion. It should yeah. not be up for commentary. It's just it is what it is mm-hmm. and it's the way that our bodies were intentionally designed and intentionally purposed. Mm-hmm. Um, and commenting on that just, you know, brings a significance to it that like goes, it kind of, for me, it almost cheapens what your body can achieve, like mm-hmm. the fact that, you can grow a human being, that you can nourish a human being mm. and bring into existence something that wasn't there beforehand. Mm. Um, you lose sight of that because everyone's too busy focusing on the fact that, oh, yeah, you've gained weight, you haven't gained weight or you've lost weight or whatever, and mm. um, that definitely takes away from it for me anyway. Yeah. No, I agree. And I actually heard a really nice um Uh, sort of contemplation on that exact thought uh, and on our pregnancy bodies or our postpartum bodies. And I can't remember who it was now. Um, She is an author uh, and she was speaking about self-image and specifically postpartum views of self-image. And she said um, something really nice. She said, my body carries the scars like Christ's body carried the scars of his crucifixion. And so when he was raised from the dead, his scars never went away and he bore those scars in his glorified body and he was proud of them um, as a mark of, you know, salvation and the, the, the work he achieved. And so we look at our bodies after we've, just like you said, we've brought life, we've helped bring life into the world. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were used as these vessels for God to bring about one of his perfect creations and we look at the body and we're like we condemn it and we talk to ourselves in such a degrading manner and I know I do that all the time and I look at it in the mirror and I I, I, the things I think (laughs) are are terrible things things I'd never tell anyone things I'd never want my daughter to hear or know but I never look at those scars and I say I'm actually really proud of being used as a vessel for bringing life into the world. I'm really proud of what these scars represent, the story that they tell. I've never said that. I've never, ever, ever, ever even thought that. Yeah. Always, you know, degrading thoughts and condemning thoughts and really like hateful things that I tell my body or that I speak to myself about. Like it's, it's hard to think about now because obviously we're talking about this and we've done our own reading and um, we've listened to other people's viewpoints. So it's it's hard to think that this is actually what I do, but it is. It's mm. it's how I've lived my life every yeah. day. Yeah, but that's beautiful because I don't think I've ever heard that, like, um, analogy, like thinking of it as, you know, Christ brought life to the world through his scars and we brought life or helped bring life into the world through our scars and that's so nice like it's just a way for us to partake in Mm. his suffering quite literally 
Mutual and terrified. <laughs> anyway. Oh, um, Marina's pregnant. <laughs> That's one of the things that uh, has happened. Yeah, one of the many, many things. <laughs> happened in the past almost a year it's really it's it's bad but it's been a long time I'm gonna blame COVID um yeah because it's just the easiest yeah. thing to do but yeah. yes that's one of the things that, <laughs> that is current it <laughs> is current yes and I had people coming in today like two days postpartum and so the stories anyway we're not going to go there but <laughs> <laughs> the fear is real <laughs> now yeah. um but it's true. It is true that like we we really don't think about it that way. And I like I was thinking about thinking about this when we were like while I was contemplating, you know, what we would talk about. And I was just trying to work out like I feel like the world has really changed in the past, I'd say like maybe 10 years. And there's been this huge shift in focus in the language that we use about our bodies, um, the language that we use about other people's bodies, is that the you know the massive movement of like body positivity and accepting your body at in whatever state, in whatever shape, in whatever size it is. And I think back to like growing up and being a teenager, and it was the world was completely different. It was yeah. very much you know. How skinny could you be? Um, the people that were glorified were like waif-like and it was like the more bones you could see, the more attractive in inverted commas, again, a person was seen to be. And I feel like even though we maybe didn't have, you know, as much social media and um, and like we didn't have as much constant exposure as young people do now, mm. what we were exposed to was very harmful and very like scarring to the point that like I, I think it's actually left for me anyway like almost an indelible mark like it's my default to think that dinner is better mm. um, and I have to work really hard to say actually no it's not better it's not first of all medically speaking it's not healthier mm. um, and then also like functionally speaking like my body's not going to function the way that it needs to function if I'm chasing some unattainable image and lastly like you know just understanding that I that that thinking like that does not allow me to appreciate my body for what it is and what it can do but I do think that those early years like our formative years leave a very long-lasting impression on the way that we view ourselves Mm. and the way that we the standards that we hold our body to Mm. so in some ways I'm very thankful that things have changed Mm. um to some to some extent I'm sure it's not like it's still not amazing and it's still Mm. not great um but I think as soon as we feel stressed or as soon as we feel like we've gone through a big change or anything like that our default is to go back to those thought patterns and go back to those standards Mm. rather than like stopping analyzing and appreciating our bodies for what they are yeah I agree to an extent um I think the only thing that makes things worse now is social media and that access we didn't have the access that we have now Mm. so when you see I'm not going to name but when you see models uh, (laughs) on Instagram who are pregnant and have nothing except for that little bump the entire way through 
and then they share their real postpartum issues or photos to show, you know, to showcase to the world that they're the same as everybody else. (laughs) And, you know, they look perfect. They look like they've never had even, they never even went through pregnancy, Mm -hmm. let alone childbirth. Um, And that's their real image. And that's what we're fed, unfortunately. And I think I may have spoken about it in one of the very earlier episodes. But when I had Leah, um, there was this influencer or fitness. I can't, I don't even know what she does, but there was this lady I followed on Instagram who owns um, a business, a fitness line. So fitness apparel um, and exercise equipment and things like that. And she shared a photo one week postpartum. She had the flattest belly I had ever seen in my (laughs) life. And she's holding her one week old and she's saying, oh, this is all because of that, um, you know, those weird waistbands, those waist trainers? Yeah. (laughs) And so she said that's all because of the waist trainer that she was using for a whole week. I unfollowed her that second because it's unrealistic for most people Um, and we're fed, unfortunately, we're fed this everywhere. So it's, it's at our fingertips because of social media. And we let ourselves see it. We let ourselves feel it. We, we let it fill our hearts. We let it fill our minds. And that's just what we keep comparing to. Um, but you're right. I think we were fed certain things growing up. And now, although there's a big movement on rawness and um, self-love, which I have my own issues with as well, but, like, <laughs> you know, this whole movement to love and appreciate your body as it is. Yes, that can be a positive thing now, but I think because of the access that we have, we unfortunately keep going back to, you know, everything that makes us sad. (laughs) We keep feeding ourselves, you know, our Instagram feeds or our social media feeds or are filled with things that, make us compare and make us feel down and make us hate our bodies even more. And although the standards may have been set from, you know, when we were younger, I think we need to revisit what our standards are now because our daughters and our sons growing up, what standards are they being fed through us Mm -hmm. that's going to make a difference for them later on? And it's a massive thing to think about and it's a huge responsibility and it's another thing for mum guilt and blah, blah, blah. But I think it's we need to do that. Like if we're not going to feed them God's standards, the world's going to feed them their, like its standards. And that unfortunately it's, it's what's going to carry through their adulthood and, you know, when they're parents, that's what they're going to be looking at as well and setting their standards upon. Mm. There's lots yeah. to think about. <laughs> There is. It's never ending. But I agree, like, for me, I think having having kids but particularly having girls mm-hmm. has made me so much more conscious of the way that I talk about my own body, the way that I talk about the food that I eat, mm-hmm. the way that I talk about exercise and all those habits because I am so conscious of 
putting on them the the inadequacies that I feel in my own body because they look at us and they see perfection truly Mm -hmm. like they don't ever like I don't yeah your your kids never look at you and think you know oh mommy's got a pudgy belly or mommy's Mm -hmm. got like her arms shake when she moves Mm -hmm. (laughs) moves them that's not what they see they see beyond that they see us for who we are and to them that is the most beautiful thing in the world and then to hear us putting ourselves down um starts to then influence the way that they see themselves because they're like oh if like I think my mum's amazing and if she thinks that about herself what does she think about this or 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 it becomes part of the internalized language even if it's not as obvious as that they learn that it's okay to talk about their bodies that way that it's okay to you know restrict the way that they they restrict what they're eating so that they can look a certain way and they learn that that is their priority not becoming in the image of God and not Mm. becoming you know good people who love God who serve God who honor their bodies by feeding it and nourishing it in the right way it very much becomes about this external appearance yeah Yeah. Um, and that was a big Thing for me and I think in a lot of ways as a parent that was actually my saving grace because I could see myself going back into those old patterns you know I need to lose weight I need to do this I need to tone up or why doesn't my body look like hers and that starts to play on you but it, for, for me anyway I feel like God gave me daughters so that I could be aware of what I'm teaching them because he's then using that to teach me yeah yeah that's a really nice way to look at it you know like I've been given daughters to change something that I have a big problem with (laughs) Um, but you're right like the language what we do they see everything and they copy everything like when Leah talks now she is a little Moret like she (laughs) has the same attitude she talks to my mum the same way I used to talk to my mum. I bet your mum um, loves that. Yeah. <laughs> she, it, it kind of shocks her when, you know, this little four-year-old comes out <laughs> with, you know, the ultimate sass. Um, and I never gave my mum attitude till I turned 30. <laughs> Let's just <laughs> let the record state. I never gave my mom attitude until I was 30. My four-year-old, though, picked up on that and now she's, yeah, she, anyway. But they, they copy us and they look at the way that we act and the way we do things and that's what they take on. That's, that's essentially where they get their standards from. So I need to really, really examine how I'm talking to my body, how I'm talking about my body, And, again, the way we talk about food and diets and exercise. And I'm not saying, like, I'm not going to touch on the self-love thing because, like I said, I've got lots to say. It'll (laughs) take us all night. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with setting healthy standards in the house. But what are the reasons I'm doing that? Is it for image? Am I idolising image in a way that, you know, degrades you know, nourishing my body in a truly holy way. In the end, 
we know that our bodies are a temple, right? Which means I need to care for my body. I need to respect the home that the Holy Spirit is dwelling in. So I can't, you know, veg on Netflix all day with junk food. Like that's that's not respecting my body and our kids see that. So I'm not saying, you know, I think we need to instill healthy habits. Um, is my identity rooted in the way I look or the way people perceive me or, you know, having a certain um I guess, status or appearance Mm. or is my identity set in Christ and is my identity set, you know, in the the purpose for my life essentially that he's set for me? Is that what I'm seeking? And I think these things as, you know, we might be, you, you might be listening to this now and I'm saying this now and we're like, oh, idols, they're not idols, but we idolize our image so highly like we we put it on a pedestal and that's it's like all we can think about sometimes like sometimes I'll catch myself at an event I mean we haven't been to events in a really long time (laughs) but you know at an event and I'm wearing a specific dress or an outfit and all I can think about is is it hugging the wrong places can someone see this or is someone going to notice do I and like that's what I'm thinking it's I'm consumed by my appearance and how I look in a certain outfit or how I look to certain people and when it starts to consume like your mind when you should be enjoying yourself and you should be out ministering or whatever it is you're doing presenting yourself as that beacon of light that God's put us into into the world to be and all I can think about is the way I look there might be a problem but I think we do that so often we don't realize that it's a problem we think it's just a woman thing (laughs) we think it's it's normal and it's expected you know like it's just how it's just how it is like I need to it's 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 an expectation I think Mm -hmm that that's what everyone's thinking about that's what everyone's worrying about Mm. like I think so many of the conversations that I have with people are about in one form or another like our bodies and how we feel about our bodies and actually it's usually you know what can we improve about our Mm. bodies and how can we improve them um and I think it's no like that that chasing like you say is very much idol like it's idol creating an idol I should say, mm. and it's no different to chasing money, chasing career, chasing you know whatever it is the next best car, the next the bigger house. Mm. For me, it's actually on par with all of those things. Mm. It's not that the it's not that seeking them is bad, but pursuing it at the cost of everything else, yeah. um, at the cost of our sanity <laughs> half the time, um, that's where we go wrong. But I agree with you 100%. We have a responsibility to our bodies and we should be treating them with respect and with love, for lack of a better word, mm. and with care and treating our bodies as like, as you know a dump in the way that we eat and the way that we act and and our physical activity levels Mm. that's not what this is about at Mm. all and it's not to say that you can't look at your body and say you know I 
I want to improve. I want to be stronger. I want Mm. to be healthier. There's nothing wrong with those things. But it's exactly like you say, when the pursuit of looking a certain Mm. way Mm. becomes the most important thing that we do when that influences you know the the meals that we prepare our Mm. mood because we're not eating enough Mm. first person to put my hand up and say I'm guilty (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh I'm such an angry person when I haven't eaten (laughs) oh my daughter's the same I completely understand her, like completely. And I also understand why she doesn't recognize that she's hungry (laughs) because that is me. I'll just be irritated and annoyed. She doesn't know why. But I don't know why. And then I eat and I'm like, oh, Oh, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense now. (laughs) Um, But yes, when our pursuit of that image overcomes everything else and affects everything Mm. else that's when it's a problem Mm. I think that's an important distinction to make yeah Mm. and our bodies are going to fail us I think that's an important thing to mention like this we're in a fallen world Mm -hmm. our bodies now are gonna they're gonna fail us they're not invincible you know sometimes we will do everything we need to do and this is just how my body is going to be. This mm-hmm. is just what I'm built as or, you know, how I'm meant to be. So, you know, we we have accidents, we break things, we lose limbs. We, you know, that's a bit extreme, but this is it. Our bodies are not, you know, a one kind of picture fits everyone. Our bodies are going to be different and our bodies are going to fail us. But how am I speaking to the body that's also able to carry life and the body that's um being used for something far greater than just you know maybe a, a picture of a person in a magazine like that's that's not what my body's here for mm-hmm. my body's not here as a poster chick my body's here for more and i need to nourish you know nourish that body and care for it so that it's able to carry out god's word god's work i should say sorry but at the same time, I need to appreciate that this is not my glorified body. This body is going to fail time and time again. And I need to be okay with its limitations. It's limited. And that's, that's just the way it is. You know, we're never going to reach perfection here. That wouldn't be the point. Mm. But ultimately, you know, God created us and he's created us good and he's happy with his creation and he's sanctified his creation and he's for some reason that I don't understand he's using us Mm. and he's allowing us to feel like we're part of something greater but I'm stuck in this little box scared to do anything because I'm I'm worried about what people will see and what they will say imagine if Saint Paul worried about that Saint Paul got stoned almost to death and in his near death almost comatose he gets up and continues preaching imagine if he had stopped and worried about I mean he had every right to stop and tend to his wounds but imagine if all the greats stopped at one point because they were worried about how they were going to be seen David after committing murder Obviously, people may have looked at him differently 
imagine if he stopped. Like, and these are drastic things. <laughs> I can't let this be my stopping point. Like, I can't let this be the thing that hinders me from carrying out God's work or the, the work that he has graciously allowed me to feel like I'm part of. Mm-hmm. But we let it so often. And it's just, I think as the years go by, we're, we're not kinder on ourselves. We just get worse and worse and worse. And we're always in, you know, I'm constantly saying it's, it's okay. Once I stop having kids, I'm going to be the best version of myself. But why? I'm here now. I'm here now. God's put me in this spot now. I need to make now count. Like what if these years are all I've got? What if this body fails me so much that, you know, I don't have those years left? It sounds really grim, but <laughs> these are the, the million thoughts that <laughs> rest through my mind every <laughs> single day. <laughs> it's not grim, though. It's true. I think we always feel like there's another stage, another stage where I can do better, be better, and we're waiting for something. But I agree with you. What are we waiting for? Like we're not called to wait. We're called to do the best that we can with what we have in the moment here and now Mm -hmm. um and waiting for something it doesn't make any sense um and waiting to you know physically be in the best shape that we want to be so that we could do a b or c also doesn't make any sense yeah um we need to just accept accept where we are continue to there's nothing wrong with wanting to continue to improve um, honor the body that you have, you know, give it the food that it needs, give it the exercise that it needs, give it all of those things. But at the same time, don't let it hold you back mm. from what you need to do. Um, yeah. And you're right. I think I've, I, I look back and I feel like I wasted all this time mm. going, can't do this. I'll do this later when I have time or when I'm not a new mum, or when I'm not pregnant or when I'm not, mm. you know, Whatever it is, there's always something, but God can use us wherever we are, however, however we are, um, which is amazing. Like he is gracious like that. And I always think like one of the things that I try and because look, so in all honesty, like self-image is one of those things I know that I have personally struggled with. And I'm sure I'm not the only person, but I, I feel like for me, it's taken up so much of my energy over my entire life. And the thing that always helps me reframe, and I'm, you know, oversimplifying it, so I'm not saying that it's as simple as this, but it's trying to understand, like, how does God see me? Mm. Not how does anybody else see me, not how does the world see me, not um, even how I see myself, but how does he see me? What is he measuring me up? against Mm. and when you look at the way that God speaks of us in the Bible there is nothing there but love and praise Mm. and care you know he reminds us constantly that we are made in his likeness and his image Mm. he fashioned us after him that is the greatest honor that any any living creature in this earth could have Mm. you know look how many species of animals exist how many birds and fish um and he says you know well they were not good enough to make in my image but man I have made in my image Mm. 
he comments, you know, Christ himself says, like, look at the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. Are you of not? And we look at those things and say, like, for me anyway, I look at them and go, oh, my gosh, isn't creation beautiful? Isn't the world beautiful? Like, you visit these sites and you go to these places and you just are in awe of what God has made and how mm. amazing it is. And he says, I've made all of that, but still you are the most amazing thing that I have made you are the most beautiful thing that I have made and I think we fail to see that yeah in ourselves but once we realize that he's the one that made all of this and we are the thing he's most proud of how dare I then speak down to Mm. myself like what am I saying to him oh thanks for your opinion but Mm. and we just like throw it on the side and say okay whatever but that's like how disrespectful is that? Yeah, I mean, really? it's just like, you know, looking at an artwork and criticising it when I don't mm. know the first thing about art. Mm. Like I am directly insulting the artist, the creator mm-hmm. of that masterpiece. Mm. And I, I, you're exactly right. Like I look at myself and I insult him mm-hmm. and I, you know, I can't look at his creation and marvel. I can't accept that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I can't believe that. But I believe all the all the lies that get fed to me else, you know, from elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And I believe that with ease. But when it comes to his word, I'm like, hmm, actually, I'm going to get a second opinion. <laughs> and unfortunately, where we go for a second opinion is not is not positive. No. No, it's not, not even a little bit. Like, I mean, there's there's a whole industry built on our insecurities yeah, and right. built on making us feel not good yeah, enough. That's right. Like that, that's what they're making money off. Um, and it sounds very like it's a very pessimistic way to look at the world, but it's true. That, that is, is what true. it's what they're feeding us. Like it doesn't matter what what they what people think their intentions are ultimately if the world if society doesn't make us feel like there's a problem Mm -hmm. then they can't sell us the product to solve that problem (laughs) um and so as you know half the half the issue is exactly like you're saying just saying okay I'm not going to get my worth from that I'm not going to think about what society's standards are saying about how I should look or how I should feel or what I should be doing I'm going to get that information from the person who fashioned me and who made me and who knows what my what I'm intended to be. Mm. Um, and it's much easier said than done, of mm. course, as with everything. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's definitely much easier said than done. And I think as simplistic as this might sound, it really comes back to the basics of my foundations with Christ. If I know him, if I spend time at his feet and in his presence, if I'm completely overwhelmed with him, then the world has no room. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no room to penetrate my heart and mind and to fill it with noise. It will be completely filled with him. Mm -hmm. And if I feel like I'm stuck in that spiral where all I can think about, you know, are the negatives of how I look and it's just, it's, making me stuck where I am I think I really need to go back and look at my relationship with Christ and and just ask him to take me over completely um, so that there is no room for all these lies 
and I need to go back and read scripture and and get my affirmations from the truth in scripture and what God says about me and my body and his love for me and where my identity should be and that if I think going back to these foundations these basics then I'm able to set up roots in him and find my identity truly in him but I need to accept firstly that this body is going to fail me I am dust I am actually worthless unless he gives me worth and I am in need of restoration I am in need of change I am I I do need to become new and we need to go back and ask all of this of him um and just let it sink in the god of the entire world the creator of this universe looked at the dust and said i'm going to make something great you know something that's like in my image and in my likeness like that's i don't think we appreciate the magnitude of that and instead we look at this thing he created and we talk so poorly to it and we think so, you know, low of it. Uh, you know, I'm saying all this and I'm like, I need to do <laughs> This is exactly <laughs> what I need to do. Yeah, don't we all go? Like <laughs> it's always easier to talk about yeah. it than to actually do it. What do you do though? Because some, you're right, our bodies are going to fail us and for some of us, our bodies fail us in a much more obvious way than for others. But, you know, if you are struggling with, like, infertility or mm-hmm. with, you know, feeling like your body can't achieve the purpose mm-hmm. that it was made to achieve um, or you've been, like, you know, God forbid, you've been traumatised by something that's happened to your body out of your control, um, I think those are all things that can really just mm change our image in a really 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 big way Mm. um and so what do you do then what do you do when your body actually fails you how do you how do you understand how do we come to understand what our bodies are meant to be and how do we love those bodies when they do the opposite of what we want them to do I think this is a really good kind of segue not segue but point to (laughs) you know note that yes it's like we said it's much easier all of this stuff said than done mm-hmm. but sometimes whether it's because of any of those reasons or whether it's because I've had such a negative view on my image of self for so long sometimes these manifest into deeper problems and more mm-hmm. mental health struggles and if I you know I might be stuck in depression or seriously anxious have terrible social anxiety for whatever you know reason brought me here it's not important but maybe I am here maybe I'm at the point where the help I need you know goes wider than just spiritual support and we need to you know we are mind body and soul Um, and we I'm pretty sure it's I'm going to say Thessalonians but I could be wrong where it says we are mind body and soul Um, And we need to tend for each. Um, Just like I feed my spirit and I feed my soul all the scriptural truths, I need to also nurture the mind. And we we mentioned nurturing the body in healthy eating and, you know, taking care of the body physically. 
I need to look after my mind. I can't neglect that, you know, entity. I can't neglect my mind. It's a part of me and I was created in the image and likeness of God. I am a vessel. My body is a temple and I need to, I'm made up of these three parts. I can't just ignore the mind and I need to get the help that I need. You know, I, it's not, it's, it's a different issue. It doesn't become a spiritual issue then. Yes, the spiritual support is there and it might aid in healing and it might help improve things and help my outlook. But if, I, you know, I've got a, a severed limb, I need to stop the bleeding. <laughs> like it's, you know, I need to actually act. I need to get it the help it needs. So I think all of these things are really hard things to go through and the support that that person might need, regardless of the reason you're in a mental health, right, it's not important. But now I'm here and now I need to do something about it. And, they, you know, we, we've spoken about mental health before. There's such a stigma and there's, you know, it's really sad and as much as we try to break the stigma, it's going to always be around. But I really need to show up for myself and I really need to respect this mind, this body and this soul that I've been given, that I've been blessed with and I need to take care of it here um, so that God can use me, you know. There's no, there's no point. How can you use a vessel that's so broken that doesn't want to be fixed? Um, so I really need to show up for myself and I really need to get the help that I deserve and that I, I need to move on. Um, and if it's something that's happened, get the support you need. Go find someone to talk to. Go find a professional to talk to. Get, find the community of people who may have gone through similar struggles and get that support from them. Um, so we need to, you know, be holistic, for lack of a better term, in the way that we care for ourselves and care for this temple that we've been given. I like I agree definitely, and I think that's partly why I was asking that question because I do think sometimes the help that we need goes beyond the. That sounds wrong. Not it's not that it's beyond the spiritual, but it's not spiritual help. The issue is not a spiritual. It's issue. not a spiritual it's, issue. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a separate issue, and it's important to recognize that and to yeah. and to seek that out. Um, because I think if we purely make it a spiritual issue, then that comes with its own burden of guilt of and course. its own, yeah. you know, and you, you're never going to get better from there. Mm. And like the thing that I kind of see day in day out that for me is a big red flag is that feeling of worthlessness, that feeling of like, well, my body can't even do, if my body can't even do what it's supposed to do or, you know, no one, well, then what what can I achieve? What is my point? What is my worth? What am I here for? Um, why am I here and what am I trying to actually yeah. do? Um, and I think for anybody who is experiencing intrusive thoughts like that, you know, not worth anything, I shouldn't mm. be here, um, you know, I, everyone would be better off if I wasn't here. Um, those, uh, those thoughts are not the marker of a spiritual problem. Mm -hmm. Those thoughts are the marker of there is something else going mm -hmm. on for you. There is something much, um, much more 
psychological there and much more related to your your mind's health there not your spiritual health Mm. and please talk to somebody about it don't Mm. yeah don't suffer Mm. by yourself and don't think that it's normal to have those thoughts and don't think that you know that you can pray the anxiety away Mm. or pray the depression away or the the trauma away like get the help that Mm you need um because there's this tendency to oversimplify things and say yeah just let's just do these things and we'll feel better but sometimes Mm -hmm. those things don't work and when those things don't work it's because there's something else going on yeah um it was Thessalonians (laughs) (laughs) first Thessalonians um in chapter 5 verse 23 It says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to look at ourselves, you know, step back and just take a look at our entire selves and see what needs fixing and fix it. Um, And again, just looking at, you know, things to fix and if it's really causing um, mental health struggles, um, I know plastic surgery is on the rise uh, and whether that's because of social media, I'm not sure. I believe it is to get that perfect Instagram photo, but still, um, <laughs> you know, honestly, if there is something that's seriously setting you or, or setting you in your, in your place and preventing you from moving forward or changing things or you feel completely stuck because of this one thing, I mean, I've asked about this in preparation for this episode. Um, And our church really doesn't have a specific stance on plastic surgery. It's all case by case. So I I think we need to be, you know, exercise a little bit of wisdom when it comes to that as well. And again, go back to the reasons and where our identity is and what our idols are. Is this for the perfect Instagram photo? Is this why I want to fix my nose or cheeks or whatever is is that the reason or do I feel like I'm getting too much attention because this thing is completely deformed and I I just I just want to fit in I just want to you know go under the radar (laughs) um and just Mm. be a little bit unnoticed because it's it's consuming me so it goes back it's case by case um and it's I just thought we maybe mention it because I know it can be on a lot of people's minds. Um, so it, it's not, there's no blanket rule, but you need to go back, um, you need to go back and really assess the reasons for wanting certain things or for doing certain things. And it goes back to those two things, where my identity lies and what my idols are or have I made this an idol for myself? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think, like, like I have a little test for myself when it comes to anything like that, like to try and work out, am I idolizing it or am I doing like, what is my intention? And that is, well, if I can't have this thing, if this thing doesn't happen, how am I Mm -hmm. going to feel? And as soon as something elicits a very, very strong feeling in me Mm -hmm. of um, either like, anger or like significant sadness or anything like that for me that's kind of a marker to say Mm. well hold on just how important is this really like Mm. in the scheme of you know my entire life 
what is this actually going to change? Am I am I putting um, am I giving this thing a status mm. beyond what it actually deserves? Um, and I'd say ninety percent of the time that answer is yes. Like if it elicits such a strong reaction in me that you know this thing has been taken away from me or that I can't do this thing, then ultimately it's that whole, you know, well, God gives and God takes away. It shouldn't matter what we have or what we don't have. And so if that thing feels like it matters too much, then that's a sign that we're yeah. idolising it. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, um, it gets taken away. Yeah. Am I? Nah, that's all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's a good that's a good test, I think, mm. to put in place. Yeah, it has helped me many times. <laughs> Often not in a way that I want it to help me, but it, but it helps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I always um, have this discussion with my husband because for him, money's like, what is money, right? Like <laughs> it comes and it goes. And I'm just the stress head. Like I think about everything that we have and if it, take, if it gets taken away, we're going to lose, we're going to, you know, end up, our kids are going to get taken away. Like I, I get so dramatic. <laughs> and because he relies on God so much, like things just happen for him and he lives in this perfect peaceful bubble, <laughs> whereas I'm just running around headless all the time. And that's just, you know, one thing. I feel like I run around headless with everything <laughs> and it'd, it'd be nice to be in this little stress-free bubble every now and then um, if things get taken away to just be okay with it. Um, so I guess that's the that's the goal and that's a, a nice little reminder um, for us. I don't know, a nice little test. I like how you put it. Mm. it's yeah it's yeah it's helpful because it's tricky it's tricky sometimes to know like what are re really what are my intentions yeah and it requires uh, a high degree of self-awareness which I must admit I lack 99% <laughs> of the time <laughs> so I need something to bring awareness to my, my thoughts um the other thing that I wanted to touch on quickly was um just a reminder to ourselves as well that I think we always, when we think about self-image, we always think about physically how we look, but I think also who we are as human beings, mm -hmm. like we all have an idea of who we are as a person um, and learning to give ourselves grace for mistakes that we've made, um, not holding ourselves to a standard of perfection that Christ doesn't even hold us to mm -hmm. um, as well, are things to just be mindful of because I think sometimes we think, you know, we should be always happy, always cheerful, always patient, always loving, <laughs> always kind. And when we don't do those things, we really beat ourselves up yeah. um, in the same way. And I know we're kind of encroaching into like mum guilt territory and we've spoken about that at length before. But I do think like it's the way we see ourselves is not just how we physically mm -hmm. see ourselves. It's also about how we see ourselves as as human beings as individuals as characters um and again just remembering that yes we will make mistakes mm -hmm. yes we will not be perfect and we are striving for perfection mm -hmm. um but remembering what saint paul says like in philippians that not that i have already attained or am already perfected but i press on to lay hold of what christ jesus has already 
taken for me what he's already claimed to be mine um we are going through a process of transformation the whole time Mm. that we are here um and we are becoming who we are meant to become in christ Mm. and it's okay if along the way we slip up and we don't measure up yeah Mm. and that comes back to being rooted in the scriptural truth Mm. like if i am truly rooted in christ and his truth and the word of god then yes yes i am a sinner that is a truth and yes i battle with this sinful flesh every single day but uh if i'm in christ i'm forgiven i'm beloved i'm restored and i'm secure in being completely known by him completely forgiven by him completely loved by him like he is my creator and I rest in that. Um, and, you know, I'm no longer condemned. I, in, you know, like it says in Romans, I'm no longer condemned and nothing can separate us from him. Nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing, nothing I do will make him turn his face away from me. And I can conquer all of this by being rooted in his truth and being rooted in him. And truly I need to believe that nothing can separate me from his love. Like I think if we do come back to him and choose him every single day, then slowly, and it's a process, it's not an overnight thing, then slowly I will start to believe the things that scripture tells me. But I have to choose it. It's a choice. I have to make that choice every single day. And I'm not going to wake up one one day and say, oh, I made it. (laughs) Like, I'm good now. (laughs) I have no issues with self. Like, I don't think that's ever going to come. But I need to make that conscious effort every single day. And they're the truths I need to be spilling out onto my children. These mm-hmm. are what they need to be hearing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going through, um, obviously, young girls, you would know, like little girls dressed in on billboards and in shops in like tutus and pretty dresses and glitter. And it's almost like, you know, there was a phase where my daughter would say, I need that dress because I need to be pretty. I, I, do I look pretty in this dress? And it would just like <laughs> drive me mental. And I know I want you to express yourself. I want you to be you. You can enjoy it. But I, I need to put a stop to this. Mm-hmm. And so we went through a phase where we'd go through everything like what makes you beautiful? Does your hair make you beautiful? Do your eyes make you beautiful? Do, you know, does your dress? And the answer is no, no. What makes you beautiful then? My heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had to you know, go back and do that every single day. And now she'll, she'll wear a dress be like, isn't it pretty, mum? And then she'll look at me and be like, but it's my heart that's pretty. But <laughs> like, the dress is nice too. <laughs> she want you to take the dress away. <laughs> I've, I've yeah. given her a complex. But it's it's just, you know, it, I and I could have been the cause of that from the beginning. I don't know. It's just these, the positive truths and the, the scriptural truths, I need, they're the things that I need to be instilling in them from now because they know and they hear and they understand and that's what needs to be coming out from me. 
you are in control of what you choose to portray to them and what you tell them is important. Um, and we've like, we've had honestly almost the exact same discussions. And like now they'll be like, you know, at least, at least my oldest, um, Emily's still, you know, I don't, anyway, she's a special kid. <laughs> I don't feel like she has the same, um, she doesn't notice it as much as, as Abby does definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but Abby will say to me now, yes, I'm beautiful because of my heart. Or she'll actually say it to, to me sometimes, mum. Well, that's a nice dress, mum, but you're beautiful because of your heart. And like, I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. Thank you. <laughs> um, but we do. We have a responsibility to counteract the message that they are constantly receiving. Yeah, for sure. Um, externally. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And it's interesting for me sometimes to notice that, like, you actually see this becoming a thing in, in like society in general, you know, there are so many like articles out there about, you know, how to compliment a kid without talking about their appearance and, Mm. you know, how to compliment a kid without talking about their achievements and Mm. everybody in the world is looking for it somewhere and everybody in the world is trying to prevent their kids from having the same struggles that they do. And we're just lucky that we have the answer, you know, Mm. we know what the answer is. We just have to give it to our children. Mm. yeah loaded discussion but I think that's um I think these these are good takeaway things that I can start doing and and start practicing and hopefully you know find my roots back in Christ Mm -hmm. um and try and try and get to the source of the problem which is usually where I've rooted myself, where I've planted myself. And most of the time it's, it's I'm planting myself out there. Um, so I need to come back and, and plant myself back in him and find my worth in him and find my identity in him. And I think slowly, slowly, as we make that choice, we'll get there. <laughs> we won't think we will, and that's, that's good, but we'll get there. Um, but that's it, I think. That's um, a very, like we said, loaded topic, lots to talk <laughs> about. Um, and as always, you know, we haven't been very active on social media, but please feel free to reach out. We do answer messages um, and we we try and get back to you as quickly as possible when we see things. So please reach out with anything. Um, we want to build a community here and we're here mm-hmm. for you guys too. And we want to know there are people out there for us. <laughs> um, so, you know, reach out. Yeah. <laughs> reach out. Um, let us know what you want to hear or, you know, if there's anything that's burdening your hearts. Um, we'd, we'd love to be that community for you guys too. Yeah, we're, look, we're all um, learning from each other. We're all mm-hmm. supporting each other. Um, and the more of us there are, the stronger we are and yeah. the, the more we can experience God and who he is and know him for who he is um, because I think he reveals a little bit more of himself to us through every person that we come across. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, please reach out and please let us know, like, you know, what are things that you're struggling with or what are things that you maybe have struggled with and you feel like, you know, I know other mums are struggling with this. This is how I overcame it. Um, we're always looking for people to join us for a chat so if you um, feel strongly or passionately yeah please let us know 
Mm, for sure. Um, but we'll uh, await your messages, which I'm sure will be coming through. Um, so, you know, trying to give ourselves a bit of grace, we're probably not going to have a set structure, but um, we'll try and be as timely as possible with episodes um, just because we really enjoy these chats too. Um, but, yes, please bear with us um, as we start to well, resume, I guess, these episodes post-COVID and post-everything that's happened in our lives. Um, but, yes, always reach out and we'll, you know, we do have lots of exciting episodes uh, planned. Well, I don't want to say planned because that's that kind of gives the idea that things are definitely <laughs> set. They're not set, but they're on the list. <laughs> um, but anyway, <laughs> they're great episodes, but please reach out. And if um, you do have anything you want to hear, please let us know. Uh, nothing is off limits, as you've probably gathered. Um, but I guess that's it. And again, social media, Instagram, Facebook, we're on Instagram as the underscore mommy, M-A-M-I underscore village. Um, we're on Facebook as just mommy. Uh, you can reach to reach us directly if you know us, Moreto Marina. Um, and as always, the episodes are found on Spotify, Upper and Media, anywhere where podcasts are streamed. Um, and, you know, if you just want to um, give us, you know, a lot of people have reached out and said, well, not a lot, but some people have reached out and said that they, you know, want to um, write things or speak of things but want to remain anonymous, and that's completely fine. I think if you have something to share, something that's on your heart that you feel might help someone even if it's just one other person we're happy to keep it all anonymous we've got you know we don't have a mommy blog but I've got my own personal blog that we can put it up and share um or you know we can share it on our social media pages too so please 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 reach out with anything um and that's the the moral of my conclusion <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's it for now um and I guess we'll chat to you guys next time we'll see Bye. Bye.